Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 133 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I'm glad that you are checking out this episode. Well, this episode is going to complete the double header of South Australia previews as I sat down with lifelong Adelaide Crows supporter Paul White, where we preview the Crows for 2022. And, well, we dig into some rather controversial issues that uh, surrounded the Crows uh, during the latter part of the season as well. And we touch on that a little bit and give our thoughts on that. And uh, hopefully it's a, uh, a situation that allows everyone to move past that as we're going forward. Now, don't forget that you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I do hope that you'll check it out. You can leave me a voicemail over there. If you want to come on as a guest, you can fill out the register as a guest tab up at the top as well. You can leave a review for the podcast there as well. It'll take you right to the Apple Podcast site or the Podchaser site. You can leave a review there for the show if you want to help out the show. That would be great. And you can also get on the email list. So when a new episode comes out, it goes into your inbox before it shows up anywhere else. And if you'd like to help out the show, you can do that by checking out the Buy Me a Coffee button in the bottom left-hand corner or checking out the store page up at the top with my Redbubble account. And ladies and gentlemen, I do hope that you enjoy my chat with Paul White, a local musician in Adelaide, and this was a lot of fun, and we covered a lot of very interesting ground in this discussion. Hello, everyone. My guest is a lifelong Crows fan who is also a local musician in the Adelaide area. I'd like to welcome Mr. Paul White to the podcast. Paul, thanks for taking time out of your afternoon, sir. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's great, great that you reached out. I, you know, I, I, I love meeting, even if it's, you know, 16,000 kilometers away, uh, you know, people who are, you know, passionate about this game that I've fallen in love with over the last six years. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you know, said you'd come on so we can talk about your, your crows. Why don't you tell us how your, your support for this club came about, you know, how did you become a crow supporter? Um, well, when the Crows, the, oh, I mean, I'm 41 now, so the Crows were first basically created or made come up in Adelaide, um, and I think it was 1990 they were established, and the first game was in 1991, so I was 10 years old at that stage, and uh, I, I still pretty reasonably clearly remember, uh, considering how long ago it was, uh, watching that first game, and uh, I was... You know, until then, um, my dad was a West Adelaide supporter and we're also like a family of West Adelaide supporters um, because there wasn't really a, 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 no, a national competition, so to speak. I know the Victorians will probably think otherwise because the VFL was definitely the pinnacle of Australian football at the time, but um, that's what became the AFL. Um, so if, to have an Adelaide team as part of a national competition at that age, for me, it was it's probably the perfect age to get into it. Yeah, and, that's uh, that the funny is, story that was about that night, time. it was, yeah. And the funny story about that night was um, uh, we actually we played Hawthorne that night and we came out and we actually won. And I'm pretty sure they won the flag the year before. And being the opening round of the season, and we, we sort of we kicked their ass a bit, which was, which was pretty cool, pretty exciting at the time. 
But I still remember that night because we were at a party and uh, my parents are fairly young and my, my dad's also a musician. So if you can imagine uh, the type of party it was at that time, 1991, and yeah, my parents would have been in the 30 years old at the time. Uh, so it was a pretty wild party. Mm-hmm. And I still remember that game. Everyone was sort of crowded around the TV um, getting getting excited, you know. There was there was a real unity about it because there was no full power in Adelaide at the time. So if you wanted to follow a team in Adelaide, you follow Adelaide. Right, right. So, do you know what you just? Do you know what you just did? You don't even realize that you did this, but you answered one of my trivia questions that I had for you before I even asked it. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was one of the questions I was going to ask you was who did who did Adelaide beat? You know, for their first win in the cop, and you were there, so you you've already answered one of the questions I was going to ask you here towards the the tail end of this here. So. You know, I don't, I don't have a little alarm bell or anything like that to say, Hey, you got it right, but you, but you did get it right. So, you know, some you know the, uh, you know, the crows are coming off of, you know, they're, they're coming off of uh, a more successful year than in 2020. Uh, and one would argue that maybe that there's, this is kind of a time where they should start maybe turning the corner a little bit, you know, they finished uh, seven to 15 last year, they were 15th on the ladder. You know, they, mm. they did get the wooden spoon the year before in that, you know, uh, COVID shortened season. Uh, you know, they, they more than doubled up their win total. Um, I'm a cat supporter. They knocked off the cats in round one last year. Or so yeah. you know, that's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, that was a big uh, upset. yes, yes, it was. Yeah. Um, kind of set the tone for the cat, even though they did get to the, you know, the prelims that just, just still not, you know, yeah, for me, know. they never looked like going any further, unfortunately. The cats, and they might, I mean, everyone says it every year, but they look like they're at the end of their run. They're end of the, I, it's been up for so long. You know? Yeah, somebody, you know, there's, there's, uh, there, there are basically two other people here in the States that do footy related podcasts. And one of them is a young lady from uh, New York City. And she, she made reference in an interview recently that I heard her say that, that she thought that the cats were kind of like a Ponzi scheme. That they just, you know, that they keep, uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, they keep, you know, they keep paying off in the present, but you know, that, that future payoff may not be there, but and I yeah, thought, that's yeah. actually not a bad description for it. You know, you know, who knows, but you know, um, you know, the, I thought they did well in the Tim Kelly trade in a way they didn't want him to leave, but, uh, at the same time, they, they made sure they got quite a bit for it, but it didn't look like they did anything with those draft picks. Like, I think they traded a lot of them out from memory, but yeah, for Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, so, nice. you know, the club, you know, the club, like I said, finished seven and 15 this past year. Uh, yeah. They're, they had a number of, of older players who have, have left the side. Yeah, Bryce Gibbs retired. You know, they delisted uh, David McKay and Tom Lynch. Um, yeah. Daniel Talia left as well. Um, you know, they, they really only brought in, one um player other from the draft as far as far as i can tell they brought you know they brought in uh jordan dawson from sydney uh um, yeah, that was a great pickup yeah and you know they you know they had three picks in the top 45 picks area with uh josh rochelle coming in at number six and i i don't know a whole lot about him but i saw some pictures of him and for an 18 year old he looks like a very sturdy young man looks great yeah he and looked- so look i've heard a bit about him already um, apparently he's training the house down and there's, uh, there's 
there was a little bit of a rumor thing on the radio this morning about that if it was if they picked the round one team now he'd be in it, which is pretty impressive for a kid his size. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited about him. Um, but look, my thought on the Crows at the moment, uh, obviously I'm probably a little biased being a fan of the team, but I genuinely believe we're building we're building a really good squad at the moment, and there's not many players in amongst it, even though they're kids that. Uh, that I'm not happy with. There's, I mean, uh, Fisher McCasey as as a pickup. I would be hoping to see more from him this year. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't pull something out of the bag this year, I would assume he they'll get rid of him. Um, and then Jackson Haley was the other one I'm probably a little bit worried about. Uh, I thought he'd probably show a little more coming over. But apart from that, I think we've got a pretty good lineup. There's maybe another player that's on the chopping block next year might be Lockie Murphy if. He doesn't really pull something special out because there's a lot of good young forwards coming through underneath him that look like they might turn out better. But um, as far as what I'm excited about, um, I mean, I think everyone is excited really at the moment, obviously about the big pickup from last year, the big tall forward. Um, but then players like Harry Schoenberg, I mean, he's, to me, shown that he's, he's about to have a breakout season. If Harry Schoenberg is not, uh, I talked about midfielder by the end of this year. I will be surprised because he is really due to... Uh, he was great last year, but I, I think he's going to take it to a real another level this year, especially if they give him some real responsibility and they allow right, right. some of the older players to step back a little bit in the midfield and let these young kids, like the, the tomorrow midfield, sort of start coming through. I think he's going to blow up. And I think Sam Berry's about to blow up too. Um, they stuck him in the forward line in the forward pocket a bit last year and... He probably didn't get as much of the ball as he should have. But if you ask me, Sam Berry is where Harry, he should have the year that Harry Schoenberg had last year. I think that, that should be what Sam Berry's doing this year if, if he's sort of on his progression. Um, and then another one I'm excited about, which you might not have heard of, is a little is a young kid named Tarek Newchurch. And he was, he was definitely too small last year um, to, to make the team. But he has, from what, He's shown in SAFL games, um, he has been excellent. So um, if he has put some size on, um, I would assume he's going to be he's going to be playing this year and uh, we'll get to see what he's got. So, um, But then, I mean, look, I mean, guys like Jordy Butts um, come out of nowhere and has just stepped into Daniel Dahlia's role and done an excellent job. Like, he's yeah. been great right, right out of the get-go. Uh, Tom Duda is clearly a future captain in waiting. Yeah, there's, I, there's no doubt about that. I, he's a uh, he, he he's a class act. I mean, I'll, I yeah. I tr- I trade little messages back and forth with him from time to time on Twitter about the NFL and such, and it's just he just seems yeah. to be like a genuinely wonderful human being. Absolutely, yeah. No, he's he, everything about him inside and outside of football says he'll be the next mm-hmm. captain. So that's um. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, who else is that? Like, I mean, Darcy Fogarty, you would hope is going to take another, go to another level this year. Um, some people have sort of rumored that having Tex around um, might have hampered his development a little bit because he hasn't been forced to step into Tex's role. Mm-hmm. Um, and because Tex played so well last year, it, uh, um, as weird as it sounds, amongst, amongst some Crows fans, that's, kind of annoying them a little bit that Tex is playing well, even though we kind of needed his leadership a bit last year. Until right, the end right. Of the year, obviously. Uh, 
because they want to see Darcy Fogarty in that spot and they want him to be thrown in the deep end. And and everyone thinks that this kid's got enough talent to be beat. I mean, he's, he's a clone of Tex Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so hopefully that that's he's you know he takes that next step as well. Uh, you've got Wayne Miller coming out for two years of injury, um, and I think I mean if he gets injured, he injured again, that's his career. But if he can get back to what he looked like he was going to be, that I mean who knows what you get from him. But I worry a bit about Wayne Miller because. His whole game was the, the sidestep game. It was the the weaving in and out, the agility, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, he's having done, I think he's done both knees, or but or maybe uh, he's done the same knee twice, yeah. something along those lines. I'm not 100 percent sure, but um, you know, the, the injuries are definitely a worry. That's that's a, that's a worry. Yeah, that yeah that will that could definitely you know put a damper on your your ability to move laterally. I mean, that's you know that's. And, yeah, and of yeah. course, then, then he has to, you know, he has to stop and, you know, well, the club has to decide, you know, is he you know, a good enough, you know, going forward into the future, maybe beyond this year, is he a good mm-hmm. enough risk to keep on the list? But then he also has to decide and think about, you know, long-term future, you know, absolutely. Yeah. you know, what's my health going to be like going forward? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I think this year you've, You'll find out by the end of this year. You'll know whether Wayne Miller's Wayne Miller is going to be an AFL footballer or not. Mm-hmm. Because um, I, I can't see them having him on the list much longer if it doesn't look like he's going to come good. Um, uh, then there's guys like I mean, like you know, there's some other guys like Nick Nick Murray. Uh, he he came out and did a great. I think played one game last year and did his shoulder, but he looked excellent. Or two games or something like that, but he looked really good. Uh, Neg McHenry, I, I really liked what I seen from Neg McHenry last year. Um, just his his pressure and he's he just he's annoying the shit out of the opposition. <laughs> I, I love that. He, I love that he does that. I really do. He's just his tackling, all that sort of stuff, just went to another level. So um, if he keeps projecting, that's he's going to come really good. Um, and Shane McAdam needs to get more of the ball as well. He, he's taking some screamer marks and kick some a few goals in some important games but he just doesn't do it enough mm-hmm. unfortunately well and with guys like yeah i was gonna sorry, say like, i i'm thinking you were gonna probably mention tex walker's name right there that you know that you know that you know yeah you've got people you know you've got people who are established who the ball is you know probably going to find its way into them you know Absolutely. on a more regular yeah. basis yeah and tex was the focal last year but I mean, his leadership in games sometimes, like the Melbourne game, for example, he took that game into his hands mm-hmm. against the, the eventual premier and like the, really the best team in the comp for most of the year. And sure, that might not have been their best night of the year, for sure, obviously. But he took that game by the scruff of its neck pretty yeah. much on his own. And you'd have to say in it, he kind of did the same thing in the Geelong game. Uh, he kicked, kicked quite a few goals. Um, even though it wasn't at the end of the game, like in the Melbourne game, um, his leadership, and I mean, in 2020, our, our worst ever year, the only games we won were pretty much on his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we wouldn't have won any games if it wasn't for Tex Walker in 2020. So I think it's hard. It's you, you can't you can't say no to that type of leadership. But what he did at the end of the year, obviously, if you want to say around to that, it just it was. It was a real letdown for everyone because it just was like 
he was just he did so well. He did everything. He he had everything in his hands right then and there. And it was yeah. so unfortunate with one comment, he kind of threw it right, away. Right. He set himself back so far. So and and he's um, gonna be out what the first four rounds this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, I think I he's think got so, yeah. I think he had four four rounds left to go this this time or yeah. this time through. Yeah. Um and look, I'm I'm not I don't think it's necessarily that bad that he's out, so to speak, but it's just more the effect on him and mm-hmm. he's either gonna he's either gonna come out and tear the tear it apart to you know like use it as fuel or he's gonna come out and be a show of himself and it'll be his last year. So um, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. And you know and, and you know this this uh you know, one, this will, you know, give, uh, you know, Darcy Fogarty a, an opportunity to kind of, you know, get some yeah. good experience under his belt, you know, and then should, you know, Texas in his early thirties now, you know, there's something he could get a little niggle here and there that causes him to miss a game going down the road. Yeah, he's you know, a surprisingly durable player. Too, yeah, he so has been. Yeah. The thing. I, I wouldn't surprise me that if like, he's done his knee earlier in his career, but apart from that, he's been pretty good. And, um, it wouldn't surprise me if he was able to play till he's 35. Mm-hmm. As just like as a big bustling forward that's too hard to move, you know. Um, but at the same time, if if this affects him, I think this might be his last year, you know. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, it it it's it's too bad that it happened, but it, you know, I think you know that he's he's worked to try to come back from this and you know try yeah. to overcome you know realize that you know okay i you know, I, I said something dumb and i'm trying to you know i'm trying to work back yeah, i think he's done his best unfortunately the uh the apology he put out it didn't look right it was it, it looked a little bit too staged even if it wasn't it didn't it didn't look right and i don't know what he needed to do to make it look right right but um um i'm kind of just going off the, the public reaction to it you know what I mean? Well, and and, and I think you Did know. You see his apology? Yeah, that what you sitting up in the stands. Yeah, it was it was a little yeah. like you said it was a little scripted, but you know, and, and and I'm sure that while he may have crafted some of that himself, I'm sure there were probably some other people that helped to massage that statement a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but you know, it's but you know, we're we're at a point in time in society, and it's not just it's not just here in the United States. You know, I I see it. You know. You know where it's happening in in your country as well, where where people go out of their way to see, you know, in some cases, and, and again, I, and again, I'm not excusing what he said at all, um, but you know, the cancel culture thing has become huge oh, yeah. around the, around the world, and you know, yeah. you know, we're well, you get you get points when you find a target. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. You for the for the journalists that broke that story, to him that was a, a huge opportunity to break a story like that. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's basically what it comes down to. And and then and then it and then it comes down to online. If if you're not throwing that guy under the bus, you're not considered sort of woke enough, I suppose. You're not considered um, right, right. And you know, and I. And, and you know, and I believe in giving people a chance to right their wrongs. You know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And it, you know, and again, I'm, I'm. I think you know, had he, 
had he taken another second and a half to think about it, he might have you know, he might have gone. This is one of those you know that's one of those thoughts that I'm I'm you know I'm not I'm not accountable for them as long as they stay in my head. You know that he might have he might have kept a, you know a, a a dumb comment or you know or something that was a you know, smart alecky comment. He might have kept it to himself yeah. and and you know maybe he would have enjoyed that moment if that's what he was trying to do with it you know, to himself without it becoming, you know, vocalized. From, from what I understand, and, and this is, I'm going to, I just want to point out, this is what is rumoured. Mm-hmm. So this isn't definitely not, thing. from what I understand, it was a game, it was a SNFL game and Matt Crouch was in the game. And he was playing, there was a, the, um, I forget the name of the other player now, sorry, Robbie something. Anyway, um, and he's obviously an Indigenous man. And, uh, Matt Crouch was basically the SNFL. Sorry, the F, the SANFL player was getting the better of Matt Crouch. Mm-hmm. And Tex Walker got involved in the huddle, and he said, "You go and get that black seat." All right, I might say the word. Yes. Um, and look, if if I had to guess what the situation was, he, he was he was in a he's in a football pack. He's mm-hmm. trying to be aggressive. He's trying to fire the guy up. He's right, to, right. Clearly, he's, he said it without thinking about what he said, and obviously, if he had his time again, he'd say it a hell of a lot differently. But um, you would hope so, yes, you know, yeah. He, he's he's obviously going to have to learn from that. And let's be, I'm going to be honest. I've heard I've heard a thousand people say that over my life, yeah. And it's never it's never been a thing. But like you said, times have changed, and we're learning these days that we're not allowed to say these these sorts of things. These things are offensive, they're wrong. So we all have to change our ways. We've all had to learn um, things that we do aren't okay anymore and things like that. So, I mean, that's the learning experience for him, just like I think anyone has had to learn throughout their lives too. But I I will say, I do find it unfortunate. If you want to talk about a guy that should be cancelled, maybe consider someone like Wayne Carey because this guy has not only ruined a football club, he sat with his teammate's wife, even though it was 20 years ago, he um, ran away from it, went to America. Uh, he got in trouble over there for hitting a police officer. For The police were there because he beat the shit out of his wife. Um, he has a rap list. Of, like There's a whole page full of things that this guy has done, most of them involving women. And uh, he's still one of the lead commentators for the AFL. So I don't you know, also one of the most, uh, one of the lead guys on Triple M Radio over here, which is like probably the biggest football station in the country. Mm-hmm. And um, this guy still has a ticket to get away and get out there and do whatever he wants. And he does have stuff that's in the last few years too on his rap sheet. So, you know, I, I wonder, I wonder how this, this this guy makes a single racist comment. Yeah. And it, it yeah. almost cost him his career. And here's another guy over here who's been able to run away from destroying a football club and beat mm-hmm. up a bunch of women in the process, and he's wow. still on TV all the time. Yeah, that's... so you got you got to ask yourself, what 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 is that? You know? Yeah, and, and and you know you're certainly not excusing, you know, Walker's comment, but yeah, you know, when you're when you're comparing, honestly, you know... I think he got what was probably the right punishment. Right, right, bad. right. Everyone know about it, and he's had to go and uh, make up for it by being involved in community programs and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, I think the punishment fit the crime, mm-hmm. and, and the biggest punishment for him was everyone finding out. Right, you right. I mean? Yeah, and, and he and 
and again, you know, I, I, you know, I would love the, the opportunity to talk with him at some point in time, but I, that's not likely to be happening. But although I've had, I've had a lot of success talking to people that I never thought I would talk to, you know, having, you know, uh, you know, interviewed a couple of club presidents and a handful of players here and there. Uh, but I, I just, I, I, I think that it, it, this has probably humbled him quite a oh, bit absolutely, because, yeah. because of, you know, yeah. because of, you know, what he had said, because, you know, you know, I, I, again, I can't, I can't read what is inside anybody, but I, I have to wonder, is he, you know, I, I would, I would be shocked if that is something that is, you know, part of his daily lexicon, you know, or part of mm -hmm. his daily thought process. I'd be, I'd be stunned if that was the case. Well, you know, I wouldn't I, think so at all. As, yeah. as a matter, like he plays with a bunch of indigenous people and he probably has for his whole life. Like he grew up in Broken Hill. There's plenty of, there's plenty of indigenous people around there. Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone has any reason to believe he's actually a racist man, but mm -hmm. he said something he shouldn't have said. So right. that is what it is. But the, the thing is, like I said, I've heard people say that for years, that, that term. It's not, Yeah. it's actually pretty common. And not only that, I've heard uh, Caucasian people who are super tight with indigenous people, best friends with them, say it to their faces. And it's, it's, it's a mate thing. It's mm -hmm. not, but again, times are changing, think, things are different. I, I hope I'm not digging myself into a hole here. Like I'm, I'm just going off experience Right. Past. Yeah. And it's, and, 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 you know, I, I, I think that, you know, what, I don't know what, you know, what, you know, two friends say to one another, you know, behind closed doors or whatever, maybe, maybe may different than what, you know, and again, the conversation that he had, if I remember correctly, he was just walking across the ground and it, and, and like the microphone kind of picked it up. No, I, well, I, from what I know is that Crow's official that picked it up. Oh, okay, okay, and then he re okay somebody had somebody overheard it then and reported it then. Yeah. Okay, and re and reported yeah. it to the Crows, and then the Crows had to take yeah. it further. Which you know, I I guess it's maybe a good thing that they didn't just try to bury it or cover it up. So that's you know, and just yeah. deal with it, move past it, you know, move forward. Um, which, you know, let's, you know, let's do that ourselves here. And uh, what are your expectations for this year for the club as an overall, you know, you, you, you covered, you know, a, a good chunk of the list in terms of, you know, players that you're looking forward to seeing positive things from them. But if you look at the club as, as a group, what are your expectations this year? I, I would hope that we are somewhere pushing towards the bottom half of the, or the top half of the bottom part of the lab. Uh, a best case scenario for me is maybe sneaking into the A. Okay. Um, but I'm probably a little more positive than a lot of people about the Crows. I think most people are assuming the Crows are going to be anywhere from sort of 11th to 15th, 16th. Um, and I'm sort of assuming that we're probably going to, you know, my median that we should be hit is maybe 11th. I'm assuming we should at least be around there. Okay. Uh, if you ask me, if, if, if our progression is going well. And 
and I'm, you know, I'm one of those. I think a lot of the Crows fans are kind of buying into Natty Nick, Matty Nick's philosophy, um, and that is that where he's trying to build a team that plays a brand that the fans want to watch. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, uh, I was calling for the rebuild a year before it started. I, even though we had we contended for a flag twos before that, uh, I just 2018, I did. I, I knew that team wasn't going to get up again. I, I know for a football club to get out there and, um, you know, basically pull apart a team that you know, challenged for flag two years beforehand would have been probably a little bit of a crazy move. But I think it was pretty pretty obvious that that 2017 grand final team was never going to was never going to contend again. Yeah. The, the next year, it was obvious halfway through the season. For whatever reason, whatever happened on that camp, I don't know what it was. But it, it really did destroy that team. And um, is that the one with know, the hot coals? No, that was that was a long time ago. That, that was, was a long time ago. Okay, I because I've yeah. I've always heard about that one that that went that that went on and you know I didn't remember what year that that happened to be though. That might have even been that was probably the mid nineties from memory. Oh, I wow, have a feeling that, that was ago. even okay. before the Crows won a flag. I think it might have been before we even won a flag. Okay. I could be wrong about that though. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, I'm going to, when, when people listen to this here in a couple of weeks, when I release it, people are going to think I'm a complete idiot, which, well, with that statement there, I, hey, look, I sound like you one. You can only so, get the information you can. You're on the yeah. other side of the world. So, and I'd heard uh, about it, but I just didn't, I didn't know specifically when it, when it had occurred. But, one of uh, the things that sort of attracted me a little bit to this podcast, because I was like, look at this, this is the guy on the other side of the planet and, and he loves AFL football. And I'd often thought, wondered, how it would be accepted in coming because essentially it's really mostly an Australian sport pretty much and um, mm-hmm. so how it would be accepted overseas uh because i mean i'm a fan you're obviously a fan too so i know we're both biased but uh, i think it is an exciting game I, oh i, I do too there's, there's no there's no lulls there's no stops there's no i mean not to pick on any other games in particular right, but right. like um, you know, if you take NFL football, it's so exciting too. But then there's all these breaks all the time where mm-hmm. you, you're waiting for this strategy or whatever. And I mean, you know, if, if you know, that's part of the strategy of that game, that's fine. But yeah, um, you know, it, to me, it's you know, there's no, it's these are these are hard men, man. The, the hits these guys. Oh, take absolutely, yeah. And I and then they you know, get up like it's no big deal. Yeah. And keep running. Yeah, it's. I think it's impressive. You know, it is. Uh, you know, you know, we have. You know, there are. There are leagues that are playing Aussie rules all over the world. Yeah, there are. Yeah, there are leagues literally on every continent on the planet. Um, Yeah, we have we have over fifty teams here in the U.S. that play. uh, That play. You know, and then these are all you know amateurs that are playing it. But you know, a lot of them are are Aussie expats that live here. But then a good portion of the people are Americans who have fallen in love with the game as well. So it it has a you know they're 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 closing in on the goal was to have uh five thousand you know they there's there's this organization going right now called footy five thousand where they're trying to get five thousand people involved in playing the game at like the at the senior level if you will here yeah. in the u.s but you know and that's that's across the country but then you know one of the guys that uh, started up a team last year uh, outside of Dallas. So it was the second team in the Dallas area. As he said, you know, they, you know, we're trying to get 5,000 people playing footy across the country. 
they've got over 3,000 people playing rugby just in the Dallas Fort Worth area. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, because, you know, like the, the, it's, it's called the masters for some of the older players that are like in their thirties who are, you know, that sort of thing that are playing. Yeah. That's called, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff doesn't really exist here, you know, because, you know, most of the sports are linked directly to the schools that the kids attend. And then yeah. you know, you, you'll have, you know, like a summer league for, you know, like for, for basketball or kids playing, you know, summer soccer or baseball or softball, if they're, if they're girls, but you know, there's yeah. you know, like gridiron football, that's, there's not necessarily that sort of thing happening at all. Um, you know, so once you get out of the high school age, there's not necessarily a lot of stuff that's there for, for people who are athletic to, to want to do, you know, so this has been something that, you know, a lot of these, these clubs that have started up have been able to attract, you know, a number of former, you know, high school or collegiate athletes to come in and, and play this game that has elements of a lot of different things that maybe they have done throughout their, throughout their yeah. lives. So it, it's, it's been, you know, I, like I said, I've fallen in love with it. I'm, you know, footy, the, the men's comp, coincides with major league baseball here in the United States. And I'm, and I've been a huge baseball fan for more than half a century. I haven't mm. watched a second of baseball in the last two years. Yeah. I, I haven't watched baseball in the last two years. Cause I'm, 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 I'm watching footy, you know, and I guess yeah. I haven't, I haven't missed any of the women's games so far this year. I've watched every, every woman's game so far in the, you know, through the first four rounds, it's just, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a dynamic game. And I, I, I love yeah. it. You know, so that's why, that's why I love talking to, to folks like yourself. So have you, have you ever been out to come to a game over here? I have, I've never been to Australia before. Uh-uh. Okay. In fact, in fact, you know, like I said, I've been watching the game, you know, on television here and I have, you know, what, what's called the watch AFL app, which gives me everything that Fox footy does. You know, it's so all the, yeah. all the programs, all the games, I can go back and watch games back into 2017 on, on this okay. app. Um, and I can watch the live games or I can watch them on demand as well. Um, I didn't see my first games here in the U.S. until August of 2021, till last mm-hmm. August. I saw my first actual games in Cincinnati um, in person. So and I plan on going out and doing that again because, you know, the the closest team or, you know, around here is two and a half hours away from where I live. Uh-huh in our yeah. state, in our state capital of Columbus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's, that's good if you drive. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of a hike. Yeah. So, but you know, you really, I, really get a chance to come over here. It's great. It's, it's oh, great I, see love. It's I, I hope, man. I hope to, you know, I, every once in a while I sit down and I look at the, uh, the websites to, you know, track what it would cost for, you know, a, a, a flight. Cause when I, when I do make the, the jump to come over there, I'm planning on coming over for like three and a half weeks. And I plan on I plan on watching a couple a couple rounds of footy, you know, get you know see games at uh, at the MCG. Hopefully, get to watch, hopefully get to watch Richmond at Docklands because I know how much they love playing there. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of like digging at the Richmond fans a little bit because they yeah. complain they complain uh-huh. about having to play at Marvel, and it's like, gosh, it's 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 five kilometers away or four kilometers away from the from yeah, the yeah, MCG, yeah. and it's like, oh no, we can't Next make door. it all that way. It's uh, it was funny the uh, the Damien Hardwick 
Oh man, did you did you say that? That what he that, said? That our fans don't like our fans don't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's. A, <laughs> Thanks, it's like you, they've been gifted MCG games for the last three years and got a few flags out of it. It's like one a game. Few. Yeah. So, and again, I, and I kind of mean it, you know, I mean it like wink, wink, nudge, nudge in jest. So I'm, I'm not really trying to, you know, to piss off Richmond supporters, but it's, it's just, it's just kind of interesting to hear them complain about having to leave, you know, the, the, you know, the, the comforts of home. And I'm, and here I am as a cat supporter realizing, you know, that they, that they've got, they have to play three home games at the visitors stadium each year. So it's, uh, you know, so. Yeah, for Cats, it's one of those Caps 22s. They've got probably the best home ground advantage of the whole cup, but they, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they don't get to use it. Comes, it comes down, well, it comes down, I guess, you know, a little bit more, you know, finances. You know, they bring in a little bit more money at those games because they're going to have a, you know, hopefully oh, a, a larger yeah. crowd, you know, if they're playing, yeah, if they're playing Carlton or Hawthorne or Richmond there, for example, and it's, it's their home game then. So, you know, we, we talked about some of the things that, you know, that, would indicate a successful season. Now I want to look at the other side of the coin. Unfortunately, what it, what are the indicators that you're going to be looking for, and hopefully not seeing? But if you see these indicators, what are they that are going to tell you? Okay, this is not going as well as I'm hoping it's going to go this year for the club. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily based on win loss, but more what I see in games. Mm-hmm. If they are if they don't, if basically if they're not quitting, if they're not getting run over, then I'm going to be happy because if they're taking it to the basically what they did last year, like they, there was only maybe two or three games last year. I was like, for fuck's sake, this is horrible. For the most part, we had a real good crack, even in a lot of the games we lost. Mm-hmm. And from, from what I from what I was seeing, and that that's a lot different to the, the Crows side of 2017 and, and that era because that side were very much front hills, you know, downhill skiers. They, they were great when they were winning and when they were in form, they looked unstoppable. But when someone got over them, they folded. And that's exactly what happened in the grand final in 17. And that's what happened next year after the game too. And I, that's, that's what I don't want to see. I, right. want to see, I want to see a team because for the most part, if you come up against a team, they're going to have crack at being and you need to be able to weather that storm. And if they're a better team than you, um, you know, you need to take their biggest punch and punch them back. And they, they, oh, they had a handful of games that were, that were close. I mean, they lost, they lost to Hawthorne by three. They lost a, lost to Fremantle by 12 um, to Collingwood by five Carlton by 10. Now they had a couple ugly losses in Brisbane and Essendon, which were over, you know, 50 points apiece. Yeah. Um, no, but then, you know, they lost to Port Adelaide by four after having lost by like yeah, that was a great 50. Game. They lost this by mm. 49, you know, 10 rounds earlier. So, I mean, that was a, that was a great contest there. Yeah. Um, you know, so you know, yeah, there's a few good plays. If anything, uh, I was a little disappointed at the end of the season because the game that we beat Hawthorne, in reality, we probably should have let that game go, mm-hmm. uh, and and then also lost the North Melbourne game because if we'd done that, we would have finished in the bottom again, and we could we would have got the kid from Centrals um, that North uh, that North Melbourne got, um, and he looked like a real generational talent that kid. And don't get me wrong, I think we've got a good a good kid in Josh Rochelle, but 
if we could have picked up that, that kid that went number one, um, it would have been really good for us. So I'm a little bit disappointed that didn't happen, but at the same time, uh, I kind of agree with what the club, you know, there was there was a bit of conjecture around at the time and uh, it was Tom Duda that came out in the media and he said, look, this club is, it's more important to this club to win games and create a winning culture than mm-hmm. it is to get some superstar in the draft. And, and it's hard to argue with that. So I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I think, you, yeah, you, and it's funny you're mentioning that because as we're recording this, uh, just yesterday here, I don't know how I don't know how if you followed the NFL at all. Um, no. Okay. Well, one of the teams uh, who the Miami Dolphins they fired their coach who happens to be African American. Um, yep. They fired their coach after two winning seasons, and uh, he has made he's actually sued uh, the team and the league uh, yep. because. And he's come out and said that that the owner of the team actually was was giving had told him that he was going to give him a bonus uh, of like an extra hundred thousand dollars for each game the team lost during one year where they were trying to move up and they were trying to lose games to get that higher draft pick. So he oh. he's alleging that the, that the team owner had said to him, you know, if you you know, for every game you lose to help us ensure we get this great quarterback to come play for us. You know, I'll give you, you know, an extra hundred thousand dollars, you know, like kind of under the table. And the coach kind of said, hell no, I'm not doing that. And actually went out and had a halfway decent seat. You know, he won several more games than the, I think the owner was hoping to, to get. So they ended up picking fifth instead of first. Um, And the guy that went first is playing in the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. So in his second year. So yeah, it's uh hmm. yeah. So who do you see uh as the club's best and fairest this year coming up? Who are you predicting? Well, I'd love to see Harry Schoenberg, to be honest. Okay. I really would love to see him win it. But it's hard to look past someone like Rory Laird. Uh I mean it's just he's he's definitely our best player. Mm-hmm. Um but then again, uh, who knows? I mean, if 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 we're projecting the way I'd like to, Harry Schoenberg will be our best player this year. Um, and if that's the case, that means that this young crop coming through is is going to be our team of the future, and they're going to be good uh, because the, well, and this young crop coming through is going to be our team of the future. But whether right, they're going right. to be good yet is yeah. still to be seen. So if Harry Schoenberg is in the top three of our best and fairest this year that means we are projecting the way we should be if you ask me okay um but i mean looking at the rest of the team i mean in my jordan but uh, jordan, sorry jordan dawson sorry uh there's a, every chance he comes in and tears it up uh yeah i think he wants to play on the wing and if he has the left boot that everyone says he's got he'll be sticking it right down someone like tex walker's throat or right on top of Riley tearthorpe um mm-hmm. And then obviously Matt Crouch is coming back off a lot of injury and I was, uh, how do I say it? I, I wouldn't have been disappointed to lose Matt Crouch at the end of last year. Okay. Uh, there was a lot to talk Pro- about. Probably, probably similar to Tom Lynch. Well, no, well, Matt Crouch is a lot younger and I think Matt right, Crouch right. has definitely more upside ahead of him than Tom mm-hmm. Lynch. Tom Lynch is at the end of his career. But I don't think Matt Crouch wants to play for us. His brother left 
because he wanted to. He was shopping himself around at the end of last year, and the reality is he's an inside midfielder, and there was an abundance of them available. Now. Right. So um, here's what it is like, and if if he hasn't reinvented himself as a player a little bit, um, I can't see him having much of a future with us. Even though he's up, but his upside is huge. Mm-hmm. If he has reinvented himself, he's got all the talent in the world. So. If, he's, if he comes back and tears it up, uh, who knows? Um, but I think if he does that, he's probably going to want to go somewhere else. Okay. So I, I just I, I don't see there being a future with Matt Crouch. The other one is Ben Keyes I probably should mention. Ben Keyes was amazing last year, but the only thing I, I worry is that that's his ceiling. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. If he's got another gear to go through, that's awesome because he was awesome last year and if he gets better that's amazing but i wonder if he was gifted opportunities in a team that wasn't very good and he absolutely made the most of them um but i wonder if that's silly i don't know if it is well i think other players will come through the top of him but if it's not he, he you know i mean if, if our top three next year is i don't know uh let's, let's have a look uh you know Crouch, Keys, and uh, maybe Sam Berry or, or Schoenberg, like I said. Um, that I mean, that's 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 a good thing. That means these players, and you know, maybe Wayne Miller is in there. Um, that means these players have stepped up and played their role and done their best. Right, right. Um, so, what is your? But, uh, who knows? What is your? Um bold prediction what what prediction do you want to make about the club for this for this year and then i'm gonna after that i'm gonna ask you the season is ended what does the uh what does the headline in the newspaper say about the crows season then so your bold prediction and your headline for the paper uh my bold prediction is that we beat the power in a show this year Okay. Um, you know, we're obviously at different ends of the ladder. They're mm-hmm. they're they're planning on having a crack this year. I would say I would assume. Um, so, yeah, my bold prediction is that we get over them in one of the showdowns this year. Um, my uh, how do I put it? My long shot, if I was going to put a long shot on something, is that we sneak into the eight. Okay. And. And, and put up a fight but lose the first one. That's, that's my long shot. Okay. So yeah. before we before we wrap up here, I have uh, well now I have five trivia questions to ask you because you answered one of them before I got a chance to ask it. So mm-hmm. are you feeling confident? Most of these are dealing with 2021 here. There's there's okay. one that I think there's one that doesn't, but uh, the other is uh, the other one. Kind of does. Okay, so the first one. Who led the club in total tackles last year? Not average per game, but overall, who had the most tackles for Adelaide last year? I would assume it was Ned McHenry. Nope, was Ben Keys. Ben Keys, oh, there you go. 133. 133. And the question, the other one I was going to ask you was, you know, what who did the crows defeat in their first game of the comp in 91 and it was hawthorne it was 155 to 69 yeah 
Yeah, now it was a big, big win. Which, which player and, and the one that, that I asked about Port Adelaide yesterday, the number was just shocking. Um, which player had the highest percentage of time on ground for the Crows in 2021? Oh, that's a tough question. I wouldn't think it would be a midfielder because they rotate a lot. That 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 was the I'm same sh- logic. It was the same logic that David used yesterday. So I'm, I'm gonna have a crack at Jordan Butts, but I could be completely wrong here. No, but you are completely did. right there. All right, you're, yeah. you're correct. Nice. of the time he was on the ground. He he played every game and he's a fullback, so I assume he didn't get off the ground. Yeah, well, Um, Alir Alir was was in that position for Port Adelaide last year, and he was on the ground for almost 97% of the game time. I mean, it was like, holy mackerel. Okay, now here's here's one that I, I, I thought this was a great question to ask here. Which coach won more games in his time as the Adelaide senior coach, Don Pike or Gary Ayers? It sounds like a trick question because Gary Ayers wasn't a very good coach, but Don Pike's the obvious answer to me, but how long did Gary Ayers coach for? I'm trying to remember how long Gary Ayers coached for. I think, yeah, because Don Pike didn't coach for very long, so I think it would have been Gary Ayers. You talked yourself out of it. Gary Ayers won 55 oh, games okay. and lost 52. Don Pike won 56 games oh, and oh, lost okay, 36. Okay. So he, he coached about yeah. 20 games fewer, but he, he had one more win. Uh, I, know, I know Neil Craig, I think, is their all-time winning record. For, yeah, I think, that, I think that's who it was, yeah. Now, which... Which uh, crow had the highest disposable disposal efficiency uh, percentage last year? If I had to guess that one, and I don't think you've mentioned this player's name today. No, so far. I, I think it's either Brody Smith or what's the other guy's name? I'm trying to remember his name now. Seedsman. I'm going to go with Seedsman. Jake Kelly. Oh wow! I, yeah. I wouldn't have picked that. Oh, eighty, almost, <laughs> almost eighty-four percent, almost eighty-four percent. And the last question that I have for you: Who was the last crow to lead the club in goals kicked that wasn't named Taylor Walker? Oh. Um, uh... It wasn't Josh Jenkins, was it? Yes, it was. was Yes, it was. In in 2018, he kicked 46 Uh, goals. Yeah, he had a good year. Yeah, Yeah, he had. And there's kind of a hint there because he he spent the last couple years on the Cats list. You know, he got, he played one, I think he played one game for the Cats, but he was on the list for two years. And he's, he's stepped away and he's, he's actually pretty vocal on Twitter. He's he's great with his voice. Like he Mm -hmm. does, I think he does a couple of podcasts and stuff. Okay. Yeah. He's somebody, he's somebody I would love to talk to as well, because he's got so much 
insight about different things. He's just somebody I just I just haven't tried to reach out to him yet, but I'm sure he would. He would you know, definitely got an interesting story. He wasn't really. A, I don't think he was originally an AFL football player. He was a he came over from basketball or something like that. But um, he uh, he was just such a great athlete that mm-hmm. he was able to, you know, get his body into positions that other people couldn't. Sure. Worked out well for him for a while, but unfortunately, not being a lifelong football player, I think he lacked a bit of the real gritty toughness. You know, I think that cost him when with the cats. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah, it's oh, what did I just do with my screen there? Kind of once his athleticism faded a little bit, he, he didn't have the fo- the real football player in him to to take him further. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, and you know, I was you know, the one thing I I didn't mention that I did want to mention to you before we wrap up. You know, looking at the games, the, the clubs you're doubling up against this year. Of course, Pat, Port Adelaide is one of them, and you've got North Melbourne twice, Carlton, Collingwood, and West Coast. So your double ups are could be, could be a rather favorable situation yeah. there, because you yeah. know Port Adelaide is going to be is going to be decent, but it you know it's going to be very good. But they're going to be that's going to be you know that's the crosstown rival, if you will, that you're going to want to try. Well, we always we always play them twice. Yeah, year, so that's right, right. Yeah. You know, North is get North is going to be better than they were last year, I think. But they're st- they're I don't think they're ready to make a huge Winnable leap games, up the ladder yeah. yet. You know, yeah. Carlton. Who knows? A lot of talent, <laughs> but you know who 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 knows if they're going to get it all together. You know, it's uh. I don't think I've seen a club chew up more talent and spit them out in my life, like ever. Like that club has had more first round draft picks than any club I can remember, and they just they've done nothing with almost any of them. It's just it's ridiculous, if you ask me. Except Sam Walsh. Sam Walsh is the first first round, yes. first number one draft they've had. That yeah. really looks like he's going to be the player he should be. Right. And you know, you've got Collingwood, who's going to be rebound. You know, Collingwood is. Yeah, Collingwood I, I can't is, see them being any other than the wooden spoon this year, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe not. Yeah, and and West Coast, you know, are, are you know West Coast is. You know, people don't talk about them a whole heck of a lot, but in terms of like their age profile, they're very comparable to the Cats. I mean, that, that's a, that's yeah, a very I, old I, side I, too. Yeah, and not only that, there's, I think West Coast is, they're going to struggle with the restrictions that their government has in place. Yeah. He, their, their, their premier is very strict and he's, he's basically essentially like the state out from the rest of the country and he's the only state still locked out from the rest of the country mm-hmm. and and in his credit he hasn't he's basically kept COVID out of that state which is great for him but uh i think yeah his footy teams are suffering um and it's going to be hard for them this has been a third year in a row they might have to um hub in another state and you know it's, it's going to start to take its toll eventually i think yeah yeah it's gonna you know you're gonna maybe see some players that decide to you know if you have COVID still not only that, they've lost they've lost their fucking killer big forward and it's supposed to replace Josh Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Uh he doesn't want to get the jab, so he's yeah. uh he's not he's gone. So yep. Well, uh and last question I have for you here. Mm-hmm. Uh who are your top four for this year? Who's finishing Thanks. the top four? Yeah. Uh I think, uh, well, it's, it's hard to go past the Premiers. They're a great team. And I think the Bulldogs, it's hard to go past them as well. Uh, I, can't, I see Sydney 
Jets possibly sneaking in there, depending okay. how they cover the loss of Jordan Dawson, because they're such a young team that for them to do as well as they did um, last year, I think I can't see them going down. Um, and I don't know why, but I've got a feeling about Frio. Oh, no. So before before we had a little bit of a glitch in the matrix there, you'd mentioned your you'd mentioned uh, the D's and then the Bulldogs and then the Swans, and you started to mention Fremantle as a possibility there. Yeah, look, I think I, I, I just I don't know why, but I see Fremantle. I think they're ready to jump up a little bit. I don't know why. I've just got a feeling, and I'm probably completely wrong. And it's one of those. Uh, I suppose predictions that not a lot of people will probably come to, unless you're a Fremantle supporter, of course. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, they, got a feeling they, they might. They like could. I had them in the eight last year, and uh, I did not have Melbourne in the hmm. eight last year. So I think I had Melbourne like finishing twelfth hmm. or thirteenth on my ladder last year. So it's always so hard to jump on the Melbourne train because mm -hmm. they just suck for so long. So to see right. them finally break that curse that they had, that's been a good 20 years in the bottom four. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just well, about anyway. Paul, yeah, so, I mentioned it here while you were reloading things there, but I, I want to thank you for taking time out of your Thursday afternoon for coming on, sir. This was, this was a lot of fun. Had some good laughs that here. You know, we talked about some pretty serious stuff and hopefully, uh, you know, people can move forward from that as well. And, you know, I, I hope that the Crows have, hmm you know, a successful, successful year, you know, as I, as I was mentioning, I said, you know, I want the cats to win every week, but other than that, I want to say, I want to watch eight great games of footy. You know, I don't necessarily have a, I don't have a vested rooting interest, oh, yeah. a supporting interest. Sorry. I use that wrong word there again, every once in a while that, that word sneaks out uh, <laughs> um, because it's so ingrained in our society <laughs> here. Um, but uh you know, it's, I think this is a, you know, a, an up and coming club here. And I, I, I think you're going to see a lot of positives this year for the club. So. Yeah, I hope so. It's, um, yeah, I, I agree. I think this is the year we're going to sort of take a little bit of a step and hopefully not be considered one of the bottom clubs anymore after this year. Good and, deal. Uh, Cause yeah, you've only got go four players that. that are on the North side of 30 right now. So. Yeah, well, yeah. I think we're the youngest list on the comp now. So, not only that, at the end of next year, there's some um, there's some talent that's going to become available in the like uh, what is it? The players from the Gold Coast, mm -hmm. Isaac Rankin and Jack Lukosius, and uh, they both had a contract at the end of next year. And there's a lot of there's a lot of talk around here amongst Crows fans about wanting to get them over here. Um, and you never know. Yeah, being I mean, the Gold just, Coast is not great. It, not great at keeping players. And I, you know. For the benefit of for the benefit of the crows, it'd be great if they had them there. But gosh, you, you almost hope that just for the for the sake of the for the sake of the comp, you hope that Gold Coast can start hanging on to some players. You know, maybe maybe Tuke Miller set the tone for that. You're right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully for, for that for that club, they need to do something because if they don't, I mean, but the bottom line is there's never been a team that's yeah. like Gold Coast. Something about that town. It just sucks the athleticism out of anyone that goes so there. So do you unfortunately do you think that that's I don't know what it is? Do you think that's one that could ever possibly just yeah? You because know, I know there's the talk about bringing a club to Tasmania here in the next few years. Um, 
but do you, you know, mm. of course they're going to probably want to have a you know, 20th side. So you don't have, you know, bye week every week. Uh, so, you know, yeah. you know, do you add another club? Do you add another club in Perth? Do you, you know, do you, you know, did you relocate, uh, do you relocate Gold Coast if they can't succeed there? Maybe send them to the, you know, to Darwin and split time between, you know, Cairns and Darwin or something like that. Uh, you know, mm. who knows? I, I, I don't know. I don't know, to truly be a national comp, I think they need to have a Tasmanian yeah. team and a Northern Territory team. But unfortunately, there's just not the market in the Northern Territory to support yeah. it. There's just not enough people there. Um, so that team would almost never be able to make any money, unfortunately. But the FL mm -hmm. is supporting the Gold Coast and it's not getting them anywhere. So if you ask me, a team in the Northern Territory might be better off because, man, they, there's some talent yeah. up there. Holy shit. They, Especially the, the indigenous, I mean, obviously there's a big indigenous population in the Northern Territory and the talent right, they, right. they pull out of that spot sometimes. And if there was a team there, it, it could do a lot for the culture there because unfortunately there's a lot of uh, social issues mm -hmm. in some of those indigenous communities and having something like that for them to them to go yeah. for having a way out, so to speak, and having a, yeah. well, hey, it could be good for them. It is know. a little after one in the morning here, so I'm going to be, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting a little late for me here, so uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be heading off to bed here in a sec, so again, Paul, thanks so very much for coming on, sir. Have a, fan, have a fantastic weekend, and when this, uh, when this gets ready to, to come out, I'll send you a link to it, so, so you can share it with whomever you'd like to, and appreciate it, sir. Thanks a bunch. Sure. Cheers. Thanks very much, Greg. Cheers. Bye. And a big thank you to Paul White for being so generous with his time. Paul, that was uh, a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. We, uh, You're the first person to actually answer one of the questions uh, in the trivia section before I got a chance to ask it. So that was great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that you can reach me at yankonthefooty at gmail.com as well as over on Twitter at yank underscore on. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. You can also find the podcast on YouTube by searching out my name, Craig Wessels. If you haven't done so yet, I do invite you to sign up for that mailing list over on my website, yankonthefooty.com. We'll be starting with the live episodes here pretty soon, and I do send out a reminder about that to my email list. So if people want to come onto the show and talk about the previous round, they can get on there while that's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, I do want to thank you so very much for checking out the episode. I hope you'll consider sharing a link for this one or the link for your favorite club as it comes out. I still have a couple more that I'm getting scheduled. I've got two more episodes that I'm going to be recording this weekend. Well, actually, hopefully several more because I've got a few more to line up. But I have about seven or eight more behind this one that are already done and just itching to get out there to you. So they'll be coming to you very, very soon. Ladies and gents, thanks so very much for checking out the show and for all of your support. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 133 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on Twitter or by email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. 
You can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Yank on the Footy. Again, thanks for listening, and I do hope you'll consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.